When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And we're back! It, we're we're back. We we got to episode one hundred and everything fell apart. <laughs> I got COVID. I almost gave Anna COVID. <laughs> we missed a week. Our schedule got messed up. It just the wheels came off immediately. <laughs> Literally the day after we had met in person for the first time in months, tested positive. But I did not, listeners. Oh God, yes, I had to do the apology tour of text to people, just going, "I'm so sorry. I've just tested positive for COVID." <laughs> Well, no apology needed. I mean, unfortunately, it is everywhere at the moment. COVID so, soup, you know. I believe they're calling yep. it. Yes. <laughs> That's just however what the air careful, is. <laughs> yep, however careful you're being, and we are both yeah. being careful and masking yeah. up and everything, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to avoid. Um, sure I just feel like the last girl in a horror film. And yeah. the final girl. Oh my God, you're the final girl. It's you. Yeah. We're all zombies now, except for you. <laughs> well, see how I see what happens in, if there'll be an episode in two weeks, because who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> the way the world is at the moment. Oh, but luckily, we have Sweet Valley to keep us company. And uh, this week, it's quite a doozy. It's Jessica against Bruce. Oh my God. Such good crack. Holy shit. This one oh. is a banger. <laughs> it really is. Now, um, just... In case people are, are, we have been talking about how we've been on a roll of really good ones recently. Next week, I think we're going to, or next uh, episode, we're going to come crashing down to earth. But <laughs> we will come, to, come to a grinding halt. <laughs> Or a, or a pause, a, pa- a grinding yeah. pause. But at the, for now, we will enjoy the majesty mm. of Jessica Against Bruce, an all-time classic. And we will dive right in with taglines and blurbs. And the cover tagline is... Can anyone win this deadly battle? Well, I mean, it's not deadly. This is like a That Fatal Night situation. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, it does get a bit dicey at one point. But yeah, in general, it's not particularly fatal. No. Um, But uh, yeah, there is. Somebody does risk death briefly. But uh, there's no death. There's no actual death. So I feel we have been cheated because, frankly, there's a couple of characters who I would have been quite happy to see run over by a train. Oh, yes. Agree. One thousand percent. Throw those fuckers off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share the back cover tagline? Will Jessica put herself in danger to spite Bruce? 
Well, for once, the answer is yes. Very much so, <laughs> like to a kind of ridiculous extent. <laughs> Indeed. Here's the full blurb. Bruce Patman is furious when he starts <laughs> Club X to liven things up at Sweet Valley High. I mean, I know this is a build up to the second clause in this sentence, but the way it's phrased says that he starts it up out of a sense of pure rage. <laughs> Just making a little sign in sheet and absolutely fuming the whole time. <laughs> But uh, the true meaning of the sentence is revealed when we hear the whole thing, because it is Bruce Patman is furious when he starts Cleo Bex to liven things up at Sweet Valley High, and Jessica Wakefield has the guts to join. He dares Jessica to perform more and more dangerous stunts, hoping to scare her away. Jessica's twin sister, Elizabeth, urges her to stop, but Jessica has to show Bruce that she can do anything, even though it may mean risking her life. <gasps> I mean, it, it does. Yeah, briefly. it actually does. <laughs> yeah, very briefly and very stupidly. Yes, the most dramatic moment in the whole thing. Uh, speaking of drama, Jessica and Bruce are bringing the drama on the cover. Can you describe <sighs> it, please? Fucking hell. Like, we're on some, we're on some <laughs> good cover role as well, aren't we, in fairness? Like, we my really God. Oh, this one is just... Stunning, like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so like, yeah, it is. It is Jessica and it's Bruce, and uh, these are also two people who are very clearly not in the same room as each other. Or like, Ew. these are separate reference photos that we're working from here. There's like zero interaction between them. But it's you know what? It doesn't matter. It's still great. Uh, we've got yeah, Jess and Bruce both in matching leather jackets. I mean. <gasps> <laughs> Holy shit, they're so good. They both look cool as hell. I mean, these jackets are stunning. Like, they're proper, like, bikery, like, leather jackets, zips everywhere. They're real shiny. Uh, oh, God, they're great. Magnificent. <laughs> Bruce has uh, has his thumb, like, casually hooked <laughs> in the pocket as he uh, smugly looks down the camera. And uh, we came to the conclusion that this the head on this Bruce is the same head as the cover of Bruce's story, we reckon. It's the same yes. picture that's been used. Um, like, it's the same angle entirely as uh, as the image of Bruce on that cover. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's great. It's so good. Like, it's a very Danny Zuko kind of vibe, mm, isn't it? This jacket. Very much so. Very and then much we've got, so. we've got post-makeover Sandy beside him in the form of Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who has her arms folded and I'm not crazy about this expression it nearly makes her look more like Liz because she just looks a bit kind of like a far away kind of expression when I feel like she should be kind of scowling at Bruce really for it to yeah for it to, to reflect the story but you know she looks great like the hair is lovely wavy nice little side swept fringe like she looks mm. great I just wish that she kind of looked a bit saucier or something that she had kind of a a glare uh, yes. on her face you know I feel like that would be more apt mm. but uh, but you know what it's still a great cover she looks more thoughtful than angry that's what it is it's a kind of a pensive look on her face mm. and you yes, need her to look yes. a bit pissed off I feel like and we've had pissed off Jessica on covers before kind of scowling at people and that feels more like the kind of expression we, we should have got here but Yes. Again, does not take from the fact that it's a fucking great cover. Oh, it's magnificent. I mean, yeah. the fact that it's so magnificent that it just sort of sends our imaginations to greater heights. Like, I would have also liked it if they'd been, say, maybe back to back or looking Ooh. over their shoulder so That's that you sick. can see the X. <laughs> Show us the X. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter because it is a joy to behold. Mm. And... Uh, 
Uh, and so is this book. So it begins at Sweet Valley High and Jessica is bored because they've been called to a special assembly. And we dive right in with a twin comparison. But we don't, it's literally on the first page. It's, yeah, it is immediate. <laughs> yes. And it goes on for quite some time. It's, like, it's very, very long. As they are wont to be sometimes. <laughs> it's, and it does include, they don't always do this, but it does include the iconic phrase about their blonde hair and their eyes, the colour of the Pacific Ocean and their perfect size six figures and lovely heart-shaped faces. Aww. So they're pulling out all the stops basically for this one. All the hits. <laughs> Chrome Dome appears and he's got a special announcement. Oh, God. Yeah, it's this. They, they mentioned it at the end of the last book. So, mm-hmm. oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. So Spring Fever was our last episode. Yes. But what was the, so what, what was our last book? Was a soap star, I think, they it mentioned at the end star, of it. Yes. Yes. So there's there's some international teachers coming. Uh, uh-huh. the, the International Federation of Teachers is sending a delegation of guest observers to a bunch of schools in California, apparently. So... Uh, for some reason, this calls for a school assembly to tell yeah. everybody that these guest teachers are going to be visiting the school uh, and they'll be coming from, oh yeah, there'll be representatives from England, France, India and Russia. Oh, he kind of breaks off then because he wants to, you know, d- d- tell all the students just how important this is and what an honour it is for, for Sweet Valley High to have been chosen for this very important trip for fucking some reason i don't know what these teachers are doing like this is such no. a stupid b plot ba- like they're there to just observe sweet valley high i'm i mean i guess that's worth coming thousands and thousands of miles but sure it's <laughs> uh yeah they're, they're doing it and liz is inexplicably extremely excited about this yeah like, i She's she genuinely is. She's like, wow, <laughs> this will be great. And like, in fairness, Jessica's just like, yes, I'm trembling with excitement. <laughs> Again, very much on the Jessica Lila side of the of the thing here, because they're both just like, do we have to salute? And they're just like yawning yeah. and really not impressed with any of this. Well, Liz gets even more excited when uh, Chrome Dome says that he'll be inviting a select group of students to be part of the host committee. And... Uh, of course, Liz hopes that she'll be on this. And spoiler alert, she is. <sighs> <sighs> well, Who else? <laughs> well, after school at the Dairy Burger, Jessica's pals were all joking around about this boring visit and how, you know, what a big fuss Chrome was making of it. But Jessica is distracted and, and melancholy. And why? Well, because uh, good old Sam, he's gone. Uh, he's left for Colorado to attend a special program at the university, apparently. Uh, so he's been accepted for a course for high school seniors that want to make a career of environmental science. <laughs> I mean, that's very nice. But since when is he a would-be environmental scientist? I mean, it makes a change from marine biology, you know. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah, I'm surprised they weren't sending off to look at some turtles. We are shaking up the sciences. <laughs> More than one. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently he's following his dream of environmental science and Jessica's really missing him, especially as they're still sort of recovering from all the drama of uh, of Soapstar, basically, mm. of which we get a big recap. The first of many recaps of past books in this. Yes. A lot of this again. (laughs) So when somebody asks what's up with Jessica, because they can tell she's not her usual self, she says she's just bored. And uh, Bruce surprisingly agrees. Wakefield's right, he announces. (gasps) 
Yeah, and again, they were kind of teasing this again at the end of Soapstar, where Bruce was just moping about how boring Sweet Valley is and how nothing ever happens there because I guess he yeah. just wasn't paying attention for the last eighty odd books. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, yeah, just very loudly proclaiming that you know no one ever does anything interesting around here. Not one single person has a sense of adventure. Uh, if any of you were put in a dangerous situation, you'd probably just curl up and die. <laughs> it's like, have you met these twins? <laughs> they have been kidnapped so often, my dude. <laughs> What are they were shipwrecked? Like <laughs> it's nonstop drama with these two. Where have you been? <laughs> I mean, you were literally with them at one stage when they rescued somebody from a kidnapping gang. <laughs> there you go. Your girlfriend died of a cocaine overdose. Like plenty <laughs> happens in this town. <laughs> well, we're told that recently he has been intimating that he had already done everything there was to do in Sweet Valley. <laughs> I guess he has. Well, and that he was craving excitement and stimulation. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the others aren't impressed by this. None of them point out that actually there has been a lot of drama, but um, they uh, they just scoff at, at Bruce being all talk. And Jessica tells him to put up or shut up and says, you're always complaining about how dull Sweet Valley is, but you never do anything about it. And uh, everyone laughs. And this enrages Bruce. And he says, I knew you would all be too scared to admit you need some danger in your lives. You're like a bunch of middle-aged bankers. I mean, they do dress like them. So You know what? Fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's got them there. <laughs> well, Jessica blows a straw in his face and then bats her eyelashes at him and understandably the sense of it for rage. And he stalks out. And the others joke about his new lust for danger. But none of them are taking him seriously. So the next day, the twins head off to school in the Jeep. We get a fucking recap of that whole saga. <laughs> Just in case we forgot. <laughs> Liz is really good at haggling with his salesmen. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Liz um, talks about wanting to be on this welcome committee. And then they see, quote, the dreaded Bruce <laughs> swaggering into uh, the par- across the parking lot. And he's got a whole new look. Oh, my God. Yes, he does. <laughs> 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 yeah, Jessica kind of narrows her eyes and she's like, what is that he's wearing? And it's revealed that he is wearing a black leather jacket and emblazoned across the back was a large X. <laughs> <gasps> well, everybody's asking him, like, what's the deal with your new jacket, Bruce? Because they're, I mean, they really, their lives really are boring at the moment because this is enough to cause a sensation. And he tells uh, Jessica that he decided to take her advice. And he says he started his own club for real men who know real excitement when they see it. Oh my God. It's it's actually kind of adorable though because the white X is, it's mentioned that it's embroidered on the back of the leather jacket <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> Like it's, it's, not, it's not like like a punky like slash of paint or anything. Yeah. It's like this is an embroidered. That's so cute, Bruce. Very hard to do now. You need special tools for that. As, yeah. as somebody who's dabbled in embroidery myself, I'm impressed that Bruce is, you know, he's he's committed. He also must have I mean, spoiler alert, he seems to have an unlimited supply of these jackets. Oh, this man is made of leather jackets, like yeah. <laughs> I mean he does have those Patman millions, I suppose. It's true. The canning money has to go somewhere. <laughs> well, Jessica just cracks up and um, rolls her eyes at him and they leave. And Liz remembers the whole Pi Epsilon saga, the sex alcove, we might oh call. God, yes. um, <laughs> and it's basically, was that not enough, you know, stupid clubs for him? Um, so she's sure they'll hear all about it in due hmm. course and they will. 
So the next day at lunch, Jess has to admit that school really is boring at the moment. We get another recap of Soap Star in case, you know, they, they left bits out in the first recap. <laughs> and then Bruce comes in and he's not alone. He, oh, God. Yeah, he's joined by, like, of all people, really? Fucking, oh. fucking Ronnie Edwards. Like. I mean, again, spoiler alert, Club X is just the dickhead corner. Oh god, it's all like the worst guys, pretty yes. much. Yeah, which I, which I guess has to be intentional. So I'll give the ghostwriter that. Mm. So everybody's swarming all over them, um, and uh, it looks like you know they've clearly started something. Now it's clear that this is you know the uniform of some new coterie, <laughs> and um, he uh, swaggers past the girls and says, clubs for guys only. But the girls are all just taking the piss and it's quite funny. It is, yeah. They're kind of like, oh, it sounds like the Boy Scouts. And Jessica's like, oh, I bet they play with G.I. Joe's in Bruce's backyard. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, Rosa's like salute saying, Bruce gets to be the general and the other guys have to be the grunts. <laughs> <laughs> but when Jessica asks about you know, what's the story with girls who wanting to join this mysterious Club X? Uh, Bruce um, gets extremely patronising, even by his standards, which is saying something. Mm, true. Uh, yeah, he uh, he tells them that girls just don't have what it takes, apparently. Yes. Uh, and uh, when Jessica says, what does it take? A big mouth? Bruce says, I think Sam should hurry up and get back to Sweet Valley so he can keep Jessica in line. Ugh. Um, so girls line up with Jessica. Jessica, uh, you know, saying that Bruce is a sexist pig. Um, Jessica says she could do whatever it takes to join a stupid club. And a smile curls Bruce's lips and his blue eyes sparkle maliciously. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I know they, they hate each other, but like in the books, at least, there is proper like sexual tension between <laughs> Jessica and Bruce, whether they wanted oh, to be there or not. <laughs> there 100% is, because he says, I know you just want to spend more time with me to rekindle those old flames of passion. <laughs> and we get another recap, basically, of playing with fire. But Jessica has to admit the chemistry is there, and so do I. Oh. Well, like yes, absolutely. She uh, yeah, she couldn't deny that there was a powerful spark between them. He was <gasps> sexy and provocative, and Jessica Ooh. could never resist rising to the bait. <laughs> Ooh, she sure can't. So uh, Je- Lila says, "You're not going to get him. Let him get away with that." And Jessica sweetly says, "Get away with what? I don't consider Bruce's lies or his dumb sexist comments much of a threat. They're the mark of a small mind." I'd have to say that Ken shows himself to be very easily amused. Well, yeah, it's Ken. Are you surprised? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he lets out a howl of laughter and slaps Bruce on the back. Out, she said. That, he said, that one was a killer, Bruce. She got you good. (laughs) He's very easily entertained. Just give him a bouncy ball and he's happy out. Well, Bruce swaggers off and Jessica says the girls should insist on trying to get into Club X just to prove him wrong. And Rosa, Gina, Maria aren't interested at all, but Lila and Amy say they'll try. Mm. We cut to later. Elizabeth and Todd are deep in conversation. Well, who should interrupt them? Oh my God. Mr. Collins! (laughs) It's been so long. He's back. (laughs) And he's he's got a couple of good moments in this book. 
Yes, fantastically. Oh, it's so nice to see him. It is. So he tells them that they're going to have to basically miss his class, it turns out, because they've been summoned to Chrome Dome's office. Uh, of course, Liz is like, oh, you're going to give us home some homework, Mr. Collins? Because she can't even enjoy getting off a, a class. Gosh. Like, she has to get the homework, even Such though... a nerd. I, mean, I hate to say it, but yes. I was like, come on, yeah. So they arrive at Chrome Dome's office to find none other than Enid, Penny Ayala, Bill Chase, and someone called Dan Scott. Yeah, I don't know either. I can't remember if this is someone that we should know or yeah. if it's just a random name. Listeners, let us know because he did not ring any bells with either no. of us, clearly. So, of course, they're all like, what's going on? What could this be? It was like, fucking hell, if you're the brightest this school has to offer. Maybe rethink the brightest part of this. Because <laughs> surprise, surprise, they're the welcoming committee. Oh, God. Yeah, he yeah, he reveals it to a shock twist that, yes, this is this is the the, the guest or yeah, the, the, the students that have been chosen to host the guests. Um, and uh, he explains the responsibilities they're going to have. So currently on the days that the teachers are there at the school, uh, they'll each be excused from a half day of classes because who cares about classes and the curriculum and students actually being in school? Um, their responsibilities would be to take the guests around the school and answer any questions they might have. Like you kind of feel like it's the teachers that should be showing these other teachers around. Yes. surely, And not the fucking kids. Like they should be in their classes. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, is anyone surprised? I mean, we do know a lot about the lax approach to academics. Yeah, if it's not marine biology, who even cares? Like, (sighs) Well, uh, they're all delighted by this. It sounds pretty tedious if you ask me, Mm. but yeah, um, one half of them, as you say, uh, they're they're in two teams. One half will be doing the morning shift, one the afternoon, and they're going to be doing this for three whole days, like, on alternate weeks, I guess. Yeah. So I don't see how this takes three days, like for t- some teachers to be shown around a school. It's like there you go, that's the school. Here, here we are now. There's, there's that bit. There's that other bit. Here's the cafeteria. Any questions? Off you go. Like, it doesn't take three entire days. And spread their visit is spread over three weeks. What are they doing the rest of the time? I mean, that's a very long time to be just roaming around the schools of California. Mm, very weird schedule. Yeah. But anyway, Liz is uh, delighted with her new job. And at the casa that evening, she tells her family all about it. And uh, Ned reminds her that, you know, they're they're from foreign countries. So <laughs> some of them might have old-fashioned ideas about discipline and or gender roles. Unlike that feminist paradise that is Sweet Valley. <laughs> oh, sake. I know. Oh, my God. Those scary foreigners with their strange ideas. <laughs> Maybe some of them will come from countries where you could actually go outside without a date. (laughs) Perish the thought. Well, this talk of uh, sexism reminds Jessica about Bruce's new gang and she tells the family all about it. And Stephen says, I thought Liz was the feminist around here and that's an excuse for a Miss Teen Sweet Valley recap. I'm telling you, they have like recaps of past books every five pages. (laughs) So many. (laughs) So Liz can't understand why Jessica gives a shit about proving herself to Bruce. But Jessica says she's not proving herself. She's proving to Bruce. She's proving a point to him and all the other guys who agree with them. And Stephen and Ned actually say, yeah, you know, sometimes people have to see something with their own eyes before mm. they can um, they can accept it. And uh, Jessica lets out a high-spirited laugh, which sounds slightly manic. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? That tracks though with Jessica's character. (laughs) She has some great uh, spontaneous laughter and muttering to herself in this book, which I always enjoy. True. (laughs) Well, the next morning, Jessica is in a French is in French class. When what should happen? Oh, uh, yeah, the um, alarm bells start going off. Um, so it's like the there's a fire drill. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miss Dalton is kind of surprised by this because the teachers usually get a warning, I think, when uh, when Chrome Dome is, is doing a fire drill. So, uh, yeah, everyone has to uh, bail on out of the school. Yeah. And uh, Jessica's annoyed because for once she's got she's done her homework. <laughs> so um, they all they they all head out and the fire fire engines are turning up but there's no sign of any smoke or any fire and um uh then jessica realizes that somebody might have pulled the fire alarm intentionally and then she discovers who it is yeah her <laughs> she kind of <laughs> she scans the crowd uh that's all, all out on the lawn and uh catches sight of something all too familiar uh which <gasps> is a black jacket again embroidered <laughs> with a glaring white x uh <gasps> and it turns out that uh that club x apparently has an, another member so there's a third guy after joining and it's <gasps> someone called tad johnson uh apparently he's a football player he has um, been in it before Yes, hasn't he? I was thinking he sounded familiar. Remember um, the one with the secret photographer? One of the things was she took oh, a photo of. It was him with a little tad. teddy bear. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes, okay. Wow, good recall. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's, yeah, this big burly football player guy, but apparently he doesn't really fit with Bruce's usual kind of cool as ice image because mm. we have to be weird and fat phobic about this guy uh, for absolutely no reason. Um, yes. But, yeah, so, like just so unnecessary. Just tell us he's a footballer. That's all we needed to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, there's him and and Bruce and Ronnie are all uh, leaning against a tree with their hands in their pockets of their cool leather jackets. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cool, you guys. So cool. <laughs> I mean, Bruce really isn't like you'd think Bruce might it might strike Bruce. I'm recruiting the dregs of the school <laughs> here. It's like They're not the cool kids. None oh, of them are. Very much not, no. <laughs> well, at lunchtime, everyone in the cafeteria, including randomer Denise Hadley, who uh, I guess we should be grateful they've actually mentioned her because she is going to be the focus of the next book. And <laughs> we did have that phase where they were just dropping people in in the last paragraph. So <laughs> uh, everyone's talking about Club X and, you know, what's the story with it? How do people get in? And Bruce swaggers past and gets very sleazy. Oh, God, yes. Uh, this is gross, even for Bruce. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he kind of, yeah, because he hears the girls all kind of talking about it and wondering what the story is with it. But uh, yeah, he's like, oh, aren't we making things interesting around here? Uh, and Jessica's just kind of like firing stuff at him as usual. And he goes, uh, yeah, maybe you girls can start a fan club. Wear your shirt, shortest skirts, okay? I like that. Uh, <laughs> and, and Jessica immediate, immediately is just like, you are so obnoxious. Yes, yeah, like and rightly so. Are disgusted by this, yeah. Um, so uh, Maria says that Jessica could pass any initiation test Bruce can offer, and a patronizing Bruce is all like, "Oh, Jessica, 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 oh, you and your crazy imagination, blah blah blah." And everyone starts listing off, uh, you know, women who have achieved things in, in various fields, like Sandra Day O'Connor or uh, and a dog sled racer. <laughs> 
I love the way it's Terry Adams comes out with this as if it's like a really obvious example. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Susan, Susan Butcher. She's won the Iditarod, the incredible dog sled race in Alaska several times. <laughs> I was just reading it like, Terry, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, what is this? It's just one of those like random things that like kids in the 90s just knew about. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because like it goes straight from Saturday to Connor. Okay, well-known person to dog sled. Good <laughs> for her, Susan Butcher. But... Alaskan dog sled race. What? What are you talking yeah. about, Terry? I think, yeah, yeah, somebody brings up Sally Ride later on and it's like, yeah. right, grand, fair enough. <laughs> Everyone else, it's someone I've heard of. But, um... <laughs> well, Bruce turns to the guys and doesn't say, how the fuck does she know about a dog sled racer? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, he's like, oh, did you hear that the girls say uh, that girls could do anything guys could do? And then Ken lets us all down. Karen, can you share? Like, oh, Ken, oh, you silly boy. Uh, he just, he gets a bit carried away and caught up with the older boys. That's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, oh, Ken, he, uh, he starts laughing and he's like, yeah, sure. I'd like to see one of them run a touchdown pass through Palisades High's defensive line. And immediately Terry shoots him down like and fucking rightly so she just roars laughing at him and she's like you know perfectly well that Claire Middleton is as good a quarterback as you are Ken and he is like immediately chastened and is just like yeah. oh, well that's different and kind of stares at his sandwich and it's like now Ken <laughs> you know you did him there now <laughs> it is ridiculous that he does like he does have a girl on his team it's not even <laughs> I know and he was and he was the really sound one in that whole book in Ms. Quarterback like he was great and we, we were worried he was going to make a show of himself but he uh oh. he was he was a good guy in the book so yeah this was disappointing from Ken but I do enjoy that he was immediately put back in his box by Terry True. so yeah so Jessica enjoys the cut and thrust of the debate um but uh you know they the the lads just ins- keep insisting that no girls could get into uh, Club X, and then Lila tells them that Jessica wants to do- to join, and Jessica's like, "Yeah, so do Lila and Amy." Um, <laughs> and then Jessica says, "The only thing girls can't do is become fathers. Is that what you have to do to join?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit racy, isn't it? Very saucy from them. <laughs> Well, they keep debating about like, oh, women could be in the army. And Sandy Bacon is like, my cousin's in the army. She could beat you any day, Ronnie Edwards. <laughs> and um, they just keep getting, the girls keep getting in even more uh, enraged by the boys' sexist arguments. And as the argument escalates, Jessica takes a p- piece of paper and scribbles on it and hands it over to Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah she hands it over to him uh, and he like arches an eyebrow and takes it from her and he's like oh what's this and Jess is like my jacket size (laughs) make sure the X is really big I want everyone to see it (laughs) ooh Bruce tells her to be careful what she wishes for So later, Liz has her, her dreams come true and she gets to meet the teachers. So one of them is from Britain, one is from India, one is from France, one is from Japan and one is from Russia. And actually it was the 90s. So I was thinking like, should this be the Soviet Union? But no. <laughs> you know, we're in like 92, I think at this stage. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're told the English teacher, Mr. Turner Cox, speaks in, quote, what Elizabeth thought must be an Oxford accent. Now, Irish people are pretty au fait with English regional accents. Mm. And I 
who have been to Oxford several <laughs> times, could not identify an Oxford accent. So how the fuck can Elizabeth do it? Oh god, I know. This is just like Liz finding a clever way of saying like a posh English accent, basically. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm presuming she means yeah, like an Oxford Don, not an hmm. ordinary Oxfordian. Yeah. Because uh, it's quite a large town. But um, anyway, we're told that the, the English teacher, there's more exoticism. Uh, now, I did look up how to pronounce this name and there were multiple pronunciations in different guides. So uh, Indian listeners, um, I apologise in advance. Um, so it is spelled S-R-I-N-I-V-A-S-E-N. And I heard it pronounced as Srinivasan and Srinivasan and uh, very, different emphasis uh, on different um, okay, syllables. Different syllables. Yeah. So um, apologies for uh, for butchering that name. <laughs> but uh, uh, Liz doesn't apologize for thinking that he has a lilting accent so melodious that she's mesmerized by the sound rather than the words. Oh my God. Like she just comes off as such a dumb bitch here to be fair, doesn't she? Like, cause it's like, Very much. Oh, she's just listening to his lilting accent instead of actually listening to the fucking words he's saying and kind of has to <laughs> make herself snap back into it because she realizes too late that he's actually asked her a question. It's just like, oh my God, Liz, way to make a first impression to these fucking teachers you were so excited to meet. <laughs> you are terrible at this job, Liz. She's not good. <laughs> so the teachers ask some questions and... Uh, uh, then the kids take them to the cafeteria where they're going to have lunch. But it's not a peaceful scene. Oh, God. Yeah. So the timing of this obviously isn't great because as they enter, uh, it's like inside the lunchroom, some kind of a riot seemed to be going on <laughs> because things have escalated in this uh, chat that uh, Jess and Bruce were having. And basically, it's like all the lads and women are all just screaming at each other. Uh, yeah. And students are just roaring equal rights for women. And someone else yells, men and women are not the same. And you know it. <laughs> And then some fucking boy is like, women want to call themselves nurturers. And then they turn around and say they want someone else to watch their kids while they go to work. And it's like, whoever that lad is, someone please give him an absolute dig in the head with a lunch tray, please. <laughs> but like, it's chaos, basically, oh when these teachers God. are on the scene. And Liz is kind of looking around like, what the fuck is happening here? And uh, yeah, she sees then the crowd shifts and realizes that uh, Jessica and Bruce are at the center of all of this madness. And uh, they're kind of like, oh, God, how do we explain this to her? visiting dignitaries so Bill Chase uh, <laughs> says that it's a discussion or a debate he's like oh it's, it's a debate about equality between the sexes and uh, they'd kind of try to pass it off as like yes this is one huge debating club and they're practicing yes. <laughs> that's what's happening <laughs> so the English teacher is like uh, yeah well you know maybe you should have a moderator and the Indian teacher says you know well we don't you know debate so loudly in India uh, at least not during a meeting so Liz basically realizes they, that it looks like the Sweet Valians are just these sort of lawless warmers <laughs> who spend their lunchtime um, shouting at each other. And uh, she's obviously she can't even pretend that she has no connection with them because her twin sister is bang in the middle. Exactly. Yes, the Russian teacher points out. She's like, "Oh, she's your twin sister. Yes, is she the head of this debating society?" <laughs> and it's like, um, "Yeah, I guess you could say that." <laughs> so it's not gone off to the best of starts. This uh, this delegation trip. It has not. Later, Lila and Amy reveal that they're actually not going to turn up at Bruce's tonight to uh, 
to to run the gauntlet of the initiation. They only said it to annoy him. And Jessica's understandably really pissed off because, you know, she can't back down. So um, she thinks that every uh, every girl at Sweet Valley was counting on her. And, uh, and without doubt, almost every boy was watching to see if she would go through with it. <laughs> and then she growls, I'm not afraid of anything Bruce can dish up. Or, and two senior girls look at the sound of the racing engine and gla- stare at Jessica in alarm. Jessica realised she must have had a very fierce expression <laughs> on her face. This <laughs> is like, vroom, vroom. Oh I ain't scared God. of you, Bruce. <laughs> Just sitting at the steering wheel fuming and gunning the engine. Like, she must look <laughs> frightening. But she ends up yelling after them. She's like, I'm not going to run you down. And it's like, yeah, I'm not convinced. I'd keep moving, girls. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who says that is uh, already <laughs> gone too far. Yeah, followed by the sound of squealing tires. It's like, oh God, just run for the hedges. Go for it. Yeah. Get out of there quick. Well, at the Dairy Burger, Liz and Maria and Winston and Todd and Enid and Hugh all chat about the the whole, you know, um, debate drama. And mm. Liz, understandably, can't believe how many guys were agreeing with Bruce. And we got another recap of the frash initiation thing because mm. Todd grimly says he knows all too well what Bruce is capable of. And they also sort of joke around a bit and they talk about, you know, about... Uh, like gender roles but Edith makes a very prescient point she thinks god ahead of her and his time with this insight she thinks bruce is basically just being an edgelord like he's pretending to be sexist to start an argument and just like cause chaos yeah, I was actually, I was reading this as well and I was like, my God, I can't believe that this actually applies so hard to so many people today. Like, yes. she's absolutely on the, like, it's it's exactly breaking down just contrarian dickheads and that's yeah. in its take on it. And I feel like she is absolutely correct. Oh God, me too. Yeah, I think she is. And yeah. Liz agrees. Like, she thinks it does sound like Bruce. He's a master manipulator. Mm. And uh, she says, I wish I could say that Jessica is a really strong feminist, but I think the truth <laughs> is she just hates having anyone tell her what to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty accurate read on Jess too, to be fair. Mm. Well, meanwhile, Jessica is heading up to Patman Towers and uh, she arrives and she's taken into the den. Is this the room with the sex alcove? Possibly. I did, I did wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's all very dramatic. Bruce swears her to secrecy and she agrees and it's all very serious. And then Bruce leads them to a corner of this vast chamber. He turns on a light and what should be revealed? Oh my God. It's the Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> no, it is not as good as the Wheel of Misfortune in the TV series, which was like a game show giant. <laughs> it was wheel. like a, a proper winning streak wheel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas, yeah, so I was mildly disappointed that this was a roulette wheel because, you know, the yes. other one just had so much drama to it because <laughs> it was so oversized and hilarious. But, you know, a roulette <laughs> wheel is still pretty good. And maybe a roulette wheel is the kind of thing that Bruce would actually have lying around his house. <gasps> True. Fair, you know? More likely than a carefully crafted uh, there was, um, giant wheel. Arts and crafts winning streak wheel. <laughs> there was. It did have arts and crafts vibes, oh, that massive. wheel. It was there was colourful. glitter. There was coloured paper. <laughs> it was stunning. Uh, but look, he still, he, you know, he still got the scissors out for this one, though, because because uh, oh, the, uh, the roulette wheel has been marked off into four equal sections uh, with pieces of cardboard and each piece has a name on it. Mm. So there's Bruce, Ronnie, Tad, and now Jessica has uh, her own section on it. And there's an arrow painted on the rim of the wheel. So. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, she uh, she's like, oh, what's this? The Wheel of Fortune. Uh, and Ronnie's like, mm, something like that. And no one actually yeah. calls it the Wheel of Misfortune, which did seem like a missed opportunity here, didn't it? They did in the TV series, mm. didn't they? They did, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, well, Bruce says, this is how we get our cakes at Club X. Basically, if the wheel stops on your name, with the arrow pointing at your name, you have to do a dare. Mm-hmm. And then if you can't perform the dare for any reason, like if you fail or if you just, you know, refuse to do it, they're going to add another space to the wheel, put your name on it. So you'll be, have you, be even more likely to, um, to come up the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bruce says, How'd you like it now? You wanted to play with the boys, Jessica. Now you're in with us and you can't get out. I mean, she can't get out. She can just walk out. But anyway. <laughs> Very true. She's like, oh, sounds like fun. Um, so she's game and they spin the wheel. And of course it's her. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, it's her her ghost. So she looks up at the lads and she's like, all right, what's my dare? Like she's game on for this. Like and is it's just like, yeah, I'm going to show these guys. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently Bruce came up with something just before she arrived. And he says, yeah, what you have to do is relatively simple. Just drive down to the bottom of the hill. It's about a mile. And she's like, OK, clearly there's a catch here. And uh, Ronnie chimes in to reveal that she has to do so without using the headlights of the car mm-hmm. or the Jeep as it is. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's dark out at this stage, so it is quite a dangerous thing to do. Yes, it really is because like a mm. mile in the dark, and it's a twisty, turny road, mm. uh, as we're told. But um, she has to go through with it. Like she knows it's not the most dangerous thing in the world. It's a quiet suburban street, but true. You know, she could and still have it's, that. A, it's a familiar road as well, at least. So yeah. that's something too. But you know, she could still scratch the jeep off something. She could. She could have a crash, uh, but she can't back down so she's nervous on all the twists and turns she nearly went over a cat which is really freaks her out understandably mm. but um she makes it to the end and it's you know just for a moment as she finishes she thinks of sam and she knows that he would not approve of this sort of risky behavior mm. yeah that's so, the thing because she is kind of exhilarated that she's done it but does kind of think god yeah he would he would really not be impressed with this yeah he wouldn't you know he's is a dirt bike racer, but safety is his yeah. prime concern. Mm. So she feels a little moment sort of, but that's overshadowed by her triumph when she joins the others. And Bruce goes over to his car and comes back holding something in his hands. <gasps> My God, she's done it. It's her jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he must have bulk bought these things in various sizes. Oh, or- look, he's hitting a Bally <laughs> Express getting... <laughs> 20 leather jackets, please. <laughs> With the X's embroidered on them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so he, he hands her the jacket and says, welcome to Club X. Yes. And uh, he tells her that they use the roulette for like the big things, the big risky dares. But the whole sort of principle is, of Club X is that you're basically on duty at all times. <laughs> you just have to look out for pranks to play. Pretty much, yeah. It means it means uh, yeah, getting out there and taking risks all the time. If you see a chance, you have to go for it. We'll all be watching. <laughs> well, Jessica he- heads off in triumph. She almost drives off without the lights, but then she has a moment of sanity and is like, no, I've made my point already. And then she thinks, danger. It was like an animal. It could latch out and hurt you, or we could be controlled. <gasps> It was all in your attitude. So she arrives home and tells Liz all. And Liz is like, what the fuck? You drove around with no lights. Uh, well, I hope you've proved your point. You're going to quit now. And Jessica's annoyed Liz isn't pleased for her. Um, 
and uh, she's even more sort of rattled when Liz tells her that Sam called. And as she goes to te- to call him back, she decides that she uh, won't tell him about Club X quite yet. Mm. Yes, not just mm. yet. And the next morning, she can't wait to show up to school in her Club X jacket, but she thinks again about, you know, not telling Sam. And she tells herself that it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't like Bruce or whatever, but it's mostly because she knows he wouldn't approve of her taking part in this stupid scheme. Yeah, the stupid risky behaviour. Like, he would not be on for that at all. No. Well, the rest of the school are, however, because when she turns up in her Club X jacket, they lose their fucking minds. <laughs> well, yes, they're a very excitable bunch. Um, yeah. Yeah, Maria turns to say hello to her and then lets out a tiny scream when she sees the jacket and says, Jessica, you're in the club. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's going up to her all day. She refuses to tell anybody what she had to do to get it. And then Michael Harris at one stage uh, uh, comes up and asks her about it. And uh, she hopes he does join because basically admits the current lineup is a bit shit. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of is it's like oh. three fucking creeps, basically, yes. uh, that you're having to hang around a roulette wheel with. So, like, it's in Jessica's interest to get some better lads in this club for sure. Well, well, and Michael is not one of them. We might well, remember he was uh, appalling oh God, in the last yeah. book. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, she does wonder about Michael uh, because he is Sam's best friend. But then, of course, Michael would have to swear- be sworn to secrecy. If he joins mm. so you know it's not really an issue then she thinks about more about Sam and wonders if he could be persuaded to join Club X and thinks she could picture him perfectly in a black leather jacket and thought he would look like a young James Dean I mean there's no such thing as an old James Dean I was Dean. gonna say the only James Dean is the young one unfortunately <laughs> so <laughs> I mean 16 year old James Dean I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she decides she'll tell Sam all about it soon. But then Bruce distracts her. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he, he saunters in and uh, saunters. bestows a glittering smile on the table full of girls and her heart skips a beat. So it's like she hated to admit it. But Bruce was totally gorgeous, even if he was her arch rival. Matching wits with him, waiting to see who would blink first was a thrill in <gasps> itself. Oh. Very sexy. <laughs> I mean, the chemistry is there. It's off the charts. Like, yeah. <laughs> so at home, Liz is trying to write a doubtless extremely boring piece on the teacher visit, but she can't oh, concentrate. Anything <laughs> worse than this teacher visit is having to read about this teacher visit. Jesus. <laughs> well, the second and third worst is reading what her other idea for a piece is because uh, she's writing about fucking Project Youth again, which is oh, already Jesus. done. I know. Like, you've already covered this boring ground, Liz. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'll do a follow-up piece. It's like, why? Who asked for that? Nobody. Well, we get a recap of when she last wrote about it, which was in Amy's True Love. Mm. Um, but she can't even concentrate on that because she keeps worrying about Club X and she thinks Bruce is up to something. And uh, especially uh, when later on Jessica leaves the house with a flimsy excuse and she knows, Liz knows that she's gone off to another Club X meeting. Mm. So... Um, She's she's at a loss about what to do because she sort of wants to save Jessica from herself. So she decides to call Club X. I'm not Club X. Project <laughs> Youth. If she called Club X, it'd be a more exciting book. 
I was going to say, it would be better if she did go to Club X. <laughs> Might have been a better conversation too. Um, yeah, she decides, yeah, she's going to fucking ring Project Youth, I guess. Yeah. Does she chat to someone here or is that later on actually? Oh no. No, she does. She gets on to somebody here. Oh, she does. She, yes. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. It's a random guy. Um, and he says, does it involve drugs or alcohol? Because if it does, you should butt in whether <laughs> she wants you or not. But then it's basically like, eh, if she's hurting herself or somebody else, step in. Otherwise, just leave it. And it's like, okay, guess yeah. I will. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he kind of says, you know, if she's smart, she'll figure out on her own that she should quit what she's doing. Then you'll both win without you two getting into a big hassle about it, right? But like, we know that these kids on this hotline are not at all properly trained or <laughs> oh. like in any ways equipped to deal with the phone calls that they're getting. Like, Project Youth is a fucking joke. <laughs> Sorry really? now, but it is. <laughs> it was like half an hour training. Literally, like, yeah. Fucking Amy Sutton is doing it. Come on, how good can it really be? <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> well, at Bruce's house, uh, Jessica spins the wheel and Bruce watches with a gleam of delight in his dark-lashed eyes. Ooh. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Ronnie. Uh, tonight and Bruce looks briefly surprised when Ronnie's name comes up but he hides it and uh, the dare is uh, to cause quite a splash yeah Bruce reveals that uh, he's going to go swimming um, so yeah he, he says that they're going to go to the pool at the community park whatever this fucking pool is uh, yes. apparently it's closed at night so Ronnie's going to have to try and hop the fence and there's a high dive there so Ronnie's dare is to get into this pool in the dark and jump off the high dive yeah into it yeah so Jessica feels a thrill of danger because now they're actually trespassing like they're committing a crime <laughs> so uh, Ronnie scales the fence does the dive and Bruce says Jessica could never do have done such a thing but she's wearing her swimming togs under her clothes because she was at the beach earlier so, of course, she scales the fence and climbs up to that high board. Yeah, she does the thing, even though it wasn't her dare. Um, yes. Kind of undercuts Ronnie doing it. In fairness, yeah. again, fuck Ronnie. Um, so, who cares about that guy? But yeah, she uh, she goes and does it. Um, and yeah, they're all, well, everyone except Bruce, basically, is like really impressed uh, yes. by how, how daring she is. Yes, she feels she can create the danger and control the fear. And uh, she says, Bruce, you should never, never, never underestimate me. I never do, he replied in a distant voice. Oh, they're both on top, like soap opera form here in this book, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. So uh, they head to the Dairy Burger. Ronnie orders drinks all round. He thumps his fist on the table and tosses back his damp hair. And Jessica tosses hers in response. <laughs> I laughed out loud from sheer excitement. Oh God! What a bunch of dickheads! Like imagine just walking into the Dairy Burger like that in their cool jackets and just like smacking the counter and tossing your hair around. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so they're so badass! Oh my God! <laughs> well, Michael approaches and asks about the club, and uh, Bruce says he can try out. Um, but you'll have to keep up with Jessica. She's a real man. <laughs> Jesus. Even me. Oh, God. <laughs> so Michael's going to come to Bruce tomorrow and when uh, Liz arrives home from a date with Todd Ned tells you that Jessica is still studying at Lila's and um, 
Liz realizes, of course, this is another ridiculous excuse. And like Sam cold tonight and Jessica wasn't there. So mm. Liz just hopes that this whole, you know, this web of lies Jessica is constructing will will not last for much longer because yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It never does last too long, in fairness. <laughs> no, of course it doesn't. And it won't last past the end of this book. Hmm. So on Sunday, the ch- twins chill at the pool, uh, their own pool, not the community pool. And Jessica, when Jessica uh, is asked by Liz about Club X, she's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all under control. And um, she admits she hasn't called, she hasn't talked to Sam, but she says that she called him and she couldn't get through. Um and when Liz goes into the house, Jessica guiltily admits to herself that she didn't try very hard to get Sam because basically Club X is her number one priority at the moment. Yeah, she kind of tells Liz that she had tried him a few times, but in reality it was only once. So like, yeah, she really hasn't uh, been going out of her way to try and get a hold of him at all. And there is a lot of Jessica kind of going back and forth and being like, OK, I'll tell him about Club X. And then kind of going, no, nah, I won't tell him about it yet. Yeah. Kind of, it does go on for a bit, like where it's oh. like, I'll tell him, I won't tell him. <laughs> Yes. So she does mention that there's a club, but that's sort of about, you know, proving a point to sexist Bruce, but she doesn't Mm. go into details. And she's like, well, you know, my conscience is clear now and I'll tell all when he gets home. Fine. So the next day, Club X is upping the ante at school. They've gone prank crazy. They pretty much have, yeah. It sounds like a massive pain in the arse for everybody uh, else, to be fair. Uh, So yeah, when they arrive in on Monday, there's two unexpected events took place, apparently. So one of the things was that all the the lockers on the second floor west wing uh, had the locks frozen shut. So the janitor had to spend half an hour opening the padlocks and apparently the locks had been filled in with glue. Uh, And then in the, uh, like, absolute pain in the arse. And then... That afternoon, the electricity went off three times in different parts of the school. So there's all these like whispered speculations spreading <gasps> around uh, around the school. And Jessica notices teachers eyeing her uh, her black leather jacket with suspicion. Mm. So um, like Jessica obviously susses out that this is all Club X yeah. stuff. Um, so she reckons either like Ronnie or Tad or Bruce have obviously spotted an opportunity at some point and followed their daredevil instincts. So uh, she nearly starts laughing <clears throat> the third time that the power goes off. <laughs> what a crazy, it's a solo laughter. Oh, God. Like, and she's in the middle of class as well. Yes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's not that funny. Oh, God. Well, uh, that evening, the wheel is spinned uh, or spun, and Jessica gets it again. And she knows this is against the odds. Like, she's had it, she's. It's come up with to her name multiple times now. Hmm. And now Michael's uh, name has been added as well. So it should be even less likely for her name yeah. to come up at this stage. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Bruce uh, dismisses any uh, any concerns she might have. So like, luck is a lady. And um, he says that he's got a true challenge for her the next day. And it's quite rough. Uh, oh yes so he yeah he tosses a box of cigarettes onto the table um, and tells her that uh, yeah tomorrow morning before homeroom Mr. Cooper's office and she's like oh god what so basically yeah she has to smoke a cigarette in Chrome Dome Cooper's office somehow the following morning yes Um, so Jessica's a bit like "Uh, um, okay Um, because she's horrified by the thought of having to smoke a cigarette and also how incredibly dangerous it is Um, and she says she will need help distracting Chrome Dome so Bruce is like great okay 
So don't worry, you know, we'll do that, but you still have we'll to We'll take smoke care this. of that. Yeah, so yeah. So so the end game is that she'll have to smoke this cigarette. And there is a bit of like, you know, the ghostwriter doing their due diligence where it's like, Jessica hated cigarettes. She'd tried smoking before. Like, yeah, she did when. Uh, <laughs> found it completely disgusting. It. Like it was totally disgusting, but some kids saw in cigarettes totally escaped her. So it's like <laughs> smoking's terrible. Do not do it, children. <laughs> not cool. Well, the next day she wakes up early and she's really nervous and Bruce gives her a lift and but she you know feigns nonchalance and they arrive to find Tad and Michael are at the car park ready to cause a diversion mm. and Jess has the fags but then uh, she says I forgot matches and Bruce held open the front door for her I didn't <laughs> yeah she kind of thought this might be her get out of jail free card but no such luck Bruce was ready <laughs> yeah so I think they're hiding like round a corner when hmm. Michael rushes up to Chrome Dome in his office and tells him that he just he thinks he just hit Chrome Dome's car in the parking lot and Chrome Dome rushes out so the coast is clear for Jessica to go in and smoke the cigarette Bruce says he, she has to smoke the entire thing and she's like oh you had to get fucking menthols uh, doesn't say fucking but um, she thinks <laughs> she's thinking it and Bruce enjoys her discomfort but she knows that like she's continuing to prove the point that she's not phased by anything he can offer and uh, she does ponder the fact that so far he has done nothing in this uh-huh. supposed manly man's club. That's it. He's all talk and sh- suddenly she's the one doing all the fucking dares. Oh. But um, it's, it is quite a cool scene, though, because like she does play it very well. And she like blows smoke into the air and meets his gaze steadily. Yeah. And then at one point she like blows the smoke in his face and everything. And it's again, it's all that kind of like sexy tension. And, like, yeah. and then she's smoking and they do make it sound kind of cool. They do. I mean, that backfired on you, Ghostwriter. I'm sorry. It really did, because we know she's in that cool ass leather jacket. And now she's smoking in the principal's office like, damn, this good. <laughs> I imagine she had her feet up on the desk. Oh, completely, yes. <laughs> Bruce is leaning against the doorway. It's yeah. like, what's going to happen, you guys? <laughs> oh, there is some heat there. <laughs> so, at homeroom, uh, Jessica's like, why, or Liz is like, where were you this first thing this morning? By the way, you'd be able to smell the smoke over. Oh, there would be an absolute bang of smoke off of her. Like, it would be desperate. Yeah, especially when, like, they're all very clearly non-smokers. Like, yes. Yeah, when, when someone who has just smoked joins a group of non-smokers, it is so obvious what they've been doing. They literally just smoked it two seconds ago. Like, yeah. that'd be all over her hair. Yeah. Um, but uh, then Chrome Dome comes on the intercom and he tells says something about, you know, whoever smoked a cigarette in my office, I'm sure you thought you were hilarious, but you, you know, <laughs> I'm on to you. And Liz looks at Jessica and realises it was her. I mean, you, I'm pretty sure you would be able to smell it was her, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently not. So, Chrome Dome continues and says their guests will be back um, on Thursday and if there's any funny business, the perpetrators will be punished because the school has a <laughs> reputation to be to uphold. And Jessica whispers, and so do I. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say, get it out of my God. Oh, and God. so do I. <laughs> you can just picture her, like, maybe like shaking her fist just quietly in the corner while she says it. It's so good. Love it when she whispers to herself. It's always gold. <laughs> oh, this is not even the last one of this book, listeners. Oh, God. So <laughs> Cold. And this is like, what? And Jessica's like, nothing, nothing. I didn't, I didn't whisper anything. <laughs> you didn't hear anything. <laughs> so Liz hopes Club X don't wreck the visit. 
Well, that night, Club X gather in Bruce's lair and Tad reveals that Michael uh, showed Chrome Dome Tad's battered old banger and uh, was like, oh, I thought this was your car. And Chrome Dome was quite insulted. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, apparently uh, Tad drives a VW Rabbit. And I I, I don't think I've ever heard of a VW Rabbit, but yeah, it doesn't sound like the coolest of cars. No. Well, the other's like, oh, Chrome Dome's so dumb, but Jessica knows he's anything but, and Mm. he is on their trail now. He's just waiting to find something that, you know, he can stick to them you can actually well, that's it. I mean they're not being particularly subtle walking around in their fucking no. leather jackets <laughs> it's like oh there's a new club in, in the school and there's all these sudden pranks happening I wonder who could be doing it <laughs> well Ronnie reveals he's got uh, an idea for this week's dare or tonight's dare hmm. and it's they're crossing a line with this one Oh, it's getting serious now. So yeah, he, Ronnie opens, it's the door of his own car and lays down across the front seat and is like, watch closely. uh, And basically shows them how to hotwire the car. Yeah, he hotwires his own car and Mm -hmm. he teaches them all how to do it. So they all like have a go. And whoever uh, gets the the place on the Wheel of Misfortune tonight is going to have to hotwire a car and take it to the Dairy Burger. So Jessica feels sick because this is like proper law-breaking. But of course, she doesn't say anything because it might make her look like a coward. Mm. And then Bruce gave her another wolfish (gasps) grin. (laughs) A lock of his dark hair had fallen across his eyes, making him look very sexy. (laughs) I love it. Jessica actually looks away. She's like, I, I can't. I can't even look at him. <laughs> He's just simply too sexy. <laughs> so the wheel spins and it's Jessica again. And she knows it has to be rigged. And also it has to be Bruce doing it because the others clearly really want stairs and are getting pissed off that none of them have got to do one. That's it. Uh, no one else is getting a go. Yeah. And also she did notice that Bruce looked kind of surprised that one time it landed on Ronnie. Yes. Uh, it, it was actually really close. It was almost Jessica and then landed on Ronnie and she copped the look on Bruce's face when he was kind of surprised and then tried mm-hmm. to hide it. So yeah, something's afoot for sure. Well, Jessica marches straight out and steals one. Bruce won. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> like, such a like baller move for yeah. Jessica. Absolutely loved this completely. Because, of course, you know, because she did kind of mention, it's like, you know, this is properly illegal. And Bruce is like, oh, yeah, you're scared. It's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll do it. Oh. And uh, yeah, and fucking Hot Wires won Bruce won. Like, absolutely genius. And of course, he like runs out after her, like shaking his fist. <laughs> I go, Wakefield! <laughs> Not my car! <laughs> Well, soon, uh, not long after this, Liz and Todd arrive at the Dairy Burger and notice one Bruce one zooming in. But then Jessica gets out and reveals that she stole it. Oh, my God. Yeah, Liz kind of laughs nervously and she's like, you're kidding, right? And Jess is like, no, I, no, I stole Bruce, Bruce's Porsche, left the Jeep at his house. Fair exchange, don't you think? <laughs> so Liz is like, OK, this has gone way too far. Like, you are letting Bruce push you into doing crazy shit. And uh, yeah. says you, start, you started this to prove a point, but it's become some sort of crazy personal vendetta. <gasps> And uh, Jessica refuses to listen to this and the other Club X members arrive and the the lads are amused, but Bruce is icy cold. That's it. Like everybody else in the club thinks she's fucking unreal, but uh, it's like every time Bruce gives her a dare thinking this will be the one she won't pull off. Mm -hmm. She gets it done. Like, so it's really, it's kind of backfiring on him every time. It really is. 
So the next day, uh, Lila and Amy are all excited. They heard about what she did the night before. And she's just playing it cool. She's she's getting totally into the whole Club X thing. She's like the queen of Club X. Mm. And she decides she's going to play a prank. So she gets basically arranges for all the teachers to be sent notes at the same time, summoning them to the principal's office. And she's delighted with herself. Mm. That night at the Patmans, mm. Bruce explains the rules to the new recruits. And if we had any doubt that they were picking the scraping the bottom of the barrel well those doubts are <sighs> doubts no more oh god yeah this is actually kind of took a turn for the grim here to be honest yes. um because it's fucking charlie cashman like fucking hell racist piece of shit who beat up uh andy jenkins that time like this guy yes. has no business being in this school or these books or this series particularly when there doesn't seem to be any proper social consequences for yes what he did like it's like oh yeah we've forgotten all about that now that's fine like it's gross that he's still here yeah because even though like at the end of the of friend against friend it was basically like his well he'll have his punishment by being ostracized by all Mm -mm. no apparently not he's had no consequences whatsoever doesn't seem to be bothering him at all and jessica doesn't like him and she thinks he's a bully but she doesn't go do you know what I'm not being in a club with this racist piece of shit I'm out of here you know she'd be that's the thing like none of the guys could fault her for leaving surely at that rate of going if she's trying to like save face or whatever but surely you feel like she'd turn up and just be like oh absolutely fucking not lads I'm out of here yeah uh, the main, I mean, this is sort of typical Jessica. Depressingly enough, is that the main reason she's pissed off with him is because he's very dismissive of her and her uh, dare skills. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, Bruce says they're going to spin the wheel twice that night to give the new lads a mm. better chance, and um, the wheel lands on Michael. And Jessica thinks that this is because she's intimidated Bruce into stopping the whatever trick he's using to um, mm. to uh, to rig the wheel. And we're told she imagined a neon sign over the Patman's <laughs> mansion. Jessica can't do anything, and she chuckles softly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jessica, shortling <laughs> away. Oh. oh, Jesus. Also, is that really the wording you want to go for? Because I, I you know, that could just be read so many ways. <laughs> Can and will do anything. I mean, sure. <laughs> I just don't think that's what she was going for. <laughs> it's also, even at the best of times, quite clunky. You think she'd just imagine, yeah. like, Jessica. You know, something a bit more just, snazzy. Yeah. Jessica number one, even. One Ooh. Jessica one. <laughs> oh, now that would be good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, it's Michael, anyway, instead of her. And his post, or his challenge, is frankly disgusting. Ugh, yeah. Again, grim and gross. Uh, Tad uh, hands him a piece of folded paper and tells him to post it in the teacher's lounge the following day. So Michael unfolds it and laughs out loud. And Ronnie's like, oh, what is it? And apparently it's hottest babes of Sweet Valley High. So it's a list. And Miss <laughs> Dalton is number one. And Jessica is disgusted by this. Yeah. Uh, and kind of realises that, like, yeah, she may have, like, you know, gotten into the club, won the battle, but she hasn't won the war. And she yeah. does complain that this is gross and obnoxious of them. And Bruce says, you're number two. 
Well, the next day at school, Liz is back on duty and the teachers arrive and they're all saying how nice the grounds are. But then the French teacher, Madame Erlan, sees a giant flag saying <laughs> rock and roll for number four ever. Spelled correctly. <laughs> Flying from a tree. Oh God, it's so lame. Uh, it's yeah, so it's shit. like this, it's so shit. It's this huge white flag. This has been scrawled on it in bright red paint, um, and yeah, it's 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 flying from a big tall tree. But yes, she realizes this is another Club X thing. It's like this is getting way out of control, and it's like really a shit flag with rock and roll forever on it. This one's too far. Come on now. <laughs> So she tells the teachers it's an ad for a tree climbing rock group. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ, Liz. <laughs> and then she takes them into the teacher's lounge, which is basically the staff room uh, for Irish people. And mm. there's drinks and pastries and so on. Don't think the teachers in my school ever had uh, pastries <laughs> given to them in the morning. And then the Russian teacher spots the list. Oh, geez. Yeah, she uh, she kind of asks Liz about it and she's like, is this something the teachers have posted? And Liz kind of walks over and realizes what it is. And she's like, oh, Christ, tears it down and uh, rips it in half. And she's like, no, no, they did not post this. And uh, the teacher is like, oh, yes, as I thought, it's a student prank. Yes. And Liz is like, oh, God, how can she admit this is just a prank? Because it would make two stupid pranks within like 10 minutes <laughs> between the flag Yay. and this. So she reckons the teachers will think that Sweet Valley High was on the verge of anarchy. Uh, <laughs> but she she can't really explain this one away. Oh God, I know. But yeah, she can't really explain this one away with uh, some lame excuse. So she does have to admit that it's a prank. And uh, yeah, the, the teachers are a bit unimpressed by this and they're like, hmm, the discipline is very light in this school, isn't it? <laughs> and they're like, yes, we would never permit this in our school. Uh, so yeah, again, it's not going great. So far they've seen like... <laughs> everyone in the cafeteria is screaming at each other uh, and now yeah. this kind of carry on as well so yeah it seems like every time they turn up there's some other stupid bullshit going on from the students it, it is absolute uh, it's chaos basically it is. Uh, and uh, Liz realises that she has to talk to Jessica mm. and then there's a great moment where Jessica walks out of the loo to just be propelled backwards <laughs> in by Liz who's been waiting for her so good yeah she's yeah she's propelled backwards into the bathroom the door bangs open and slams into the wall and she's like hey hey what's going on <laughs> but yeah Liz has basically been pinned her to the wall nearly by reefing her back in it's very good <laughs> well Liz gives out about the flag and the list and is like look I know this was you uh, or at least Club X and yeah. we're told her twin didn't lose her temper very often but when she did it was pretty drastic like when she'd stormed out of the auditions for the soap <laughs> opera oh my god you've mentioned it twice already we don't need a third recap of Soapstar. <laughs> well, Jessica's like, I personally did not do those things. <laughs> and then Liz says, look, you think you're in control of this club nonsense, but you're not. It's like when you got involved with that weird cult. <laughs> oh, God. She says that Bruce is using you. He's got you so turned around. You're defending the posting of a list of hot babes. And uh, this stomps <laughs> off and we get a full fucking recap of Kidnapped by the Cult. Oh my God. Again, like usually these kind of recaps kind of tend to happen in like the first third of the book, we'll say, just mm -hmm. to kind of get everybody up to speed. But like they are just absolutely hammering us <laughs> with recaps in this one. It's kind of hilarious. No. They're, they're spacing them out throughout the entire book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Liz thinks, well, you know, or sorry, Jessica thinks this is totally different from the cult days because she's the one <laughs> calling the shots. Yeah. So like, tough luck, Liz. But that evening,
evening, she starts wondering if Liz didn't have a point because she's actually feeling kind of, she's home alone and she's actually feeling lonely because she realises like she's not seeing her actual friends. She's just seeing this club full of dickheads. <laughs> Very true, yeah. And she does kind of wonder if if Liz didn't have a point and that maybe she is actually being manipulated by Bruce mm. as well. Yes. Um, and as you say, yeah, she's not even get to hang out with her actual friends and is just with these pieces of shit basically <laughs> instead. So uh, yeah, she kind of, um, she decides she needs to talk to someone. <gasps> she does. And she tries to make Sam and Lila and Amy. No answer for all Cara. Not even considered, even with the time difference. And uh, <laughs> oh, the, course, Yeah, long distance calling. Absolutely not. <laughs> mm, oh, well, fair enough. I guess it is long distance. But uh, of course, there's only one place to go and it's Project Youth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, look, I guess, again, this is all kind of feeding into the next book again, because we're going to have to talk more about Project Youth, it looks oh, like, in the future. Um, yeah, so a girl answers the phone anyway, and Jess is kind of unsure and a bit awkward. And she's like, oh, what do we do here? Do I have to tell you my name? And the girl is like, oh, you know, only if you want to. My name's Jennifer. So she's like, OK, my name is Joni. <laughs> she's like <laughs> explains that she has uh, this bunch of friends and my sister lit I mean Sue thinks they're bad for me. Uh, so uh she kind of talks it through uh a bit with uh with Joni, but uh yeah, she's like, Oh, but you do you trust your sister? And Jess admits that yes, her sister Sue is, is generally right uh, most of the time, but you know, maybe not this time. Hmm. So uh yeah, she's basically she doesn't really feel like it. She basically feels like she's been um, given homework because uh, this when Joni or not Joni, what's her name? Jennifer, uh, Jennifer tells her yeah. that she should write down her sister's arguments on a piece of paper. Jessica feels like Ugh, I wanted them to tell me what to do. Didn't expect them to give me homework. So she just hangs <laughs> up and feels confused. <laughs> I know. She's like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> um so yeah, at dinner, Ned and Alice ask about this whole teachers thing, and this is all—it's fine. And um, then they ask what how Jessica's study is going because she's always off in Lila's, and La- La- Jessica says, "Oh yeah, it's fine too." Then she has this disturbing realization that basically being a member of Club X is starting to feel like a punishment. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. she kind of realizes that like it's it's kind of alienating her from her from Liz and from Sam because she still hasn't really told him the whole story, uh, and now she's having to lie to her parents and she can't talk about it with Amy and Lila because well she feels like she can't anyway and yeah she just feels kind of lonely about the whole thing and wishes yeah. Sam would come home and she's kind of like God almost almost wishes that she never even heard of Club X. And on that wistful note. We're going to take a break because, as you might recall, we are members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And uh, we like to take a little break sometimes and tell you about another podcast uh, that uh, you could check out in the Headstuff stable. And this week, it's The Late Night Nod. Yes. Uh, well done, Anna. I, I found myself stumbling over that name so Thank often you. at the start. I was like, I can't do it. I, I just can't. But yeah, <laughs> yes, you should check out this new show uh, because it features uh, original music and improvised interviews uh, with guests from a fictitious world of arts Ooh. and culture. Uh, so we join broadcasting legend Brian McCann as he weaves a conversational thread through tales of inspiration, excess and heartache with some of the creative world's best known personalities that you've never heard of. The Late Night Nod features original music and improvised interviews with guests from a fictitious world of arts and culture. 
Each episode weaves a conversational thread through tales of inspiration, excess and heartache with some of the creative world's best-known personalities that you've never heard of. Join some of Ireland's most talented actors and comedians as they step into the world of the Late Night Nod. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Club X are meeting and reporting their first ever failure to complete a dare. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, what was the correct there? It was um, Charlie. Charlie. Fucking Charlie. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to go into the Sweet Valley police station and tape a photo of a baboon to the back of one of the officers. But like, as soon as he walked in, he was he's too well known by the local cops. So they were immediately suspicious as soon as he turned up. And uh, yeah, lost his nerve and ran out of the station, apparently. So that was uh, zero for Charlie. Mm. So uh, yeah, he hasn't. Uh, he's he's going to have two bits or two names on the on the on the wheel tonight, mm. and Bruce sort of gives the wheel just a practice spin, and Jessica notices it sort of cl- makes a clicking sort of sound as it goes past her name, and then he announces that tonight's lucky winner gets to take a walk on the wild side, and Ronnie says, "I do that every day." You do your fucking arse, Ronnie. Like fucking we remember Ronnie. you being chased by that OTG. I was going to say he wasn't this fucking full of shit when he was uh, exactly fucking being chased down for gambling debts. <laughs> well, uh, apparently the uh, the dare this week is they're going to have to basically do a stand by me and go over a freight train bridge over a ravine. Jesus. Yeah. So whoever gets tonight's dare has to walk across it uh, the following day. And Jessica's kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, and asks, you know, what if a train comes along when the person's passing? But Bruce says mm. uh, that he knows the schedule and says, look, there won't be any trains tomorrow afternoon. Uh, mm. And Charlie's like, oh, then what makes it so daring and dangerous? And uh, apparently Bruce says there could always be a change in the schedule. So it's like, oh, so you're just trying to kill off members of Club X. Is that what's <laughs> happening here? Because in that case, start with Charlie. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, this is a good uh, good opportunity to just like give a little boost. Hmm. Um, now, this is actually an extremely scary dare, I have to say. Yes, and I think I is. have been terrified of the thought of walking over one of those bridges since I saw Stand By Me at an early age. And clearly the <laughs> ghostwriter had seen it too. There you go. We are all working from the same references here. <laughs> so, uh, of course, defying all the laws of probability, Jessica's name comes up. She says she'll see them at the ravine tomorrow at three. <gasps> so the next day, Jessica understandably feels completely... Uh, ner- ter- I was going to say terrified, but it's it's kind of nervy. Um, she's yeah. actually less terrified than I would be because I'd be crying with fear. <laughs> very true yeah she kind of feels more queasy and anxious kind of um about it but yeah and apparently she doesn't like heights i don't think we knew that about her no i mean she was really pushed off the top of the building in the <laughs> uh in the one with green back <laughs> very true <laughs> um but uh yeah apparently the bridge is a hundred feet wide which is pretty or not wide long what do you call it <clears> when <throat> it's going across a ravine i don't know that's the yeah. gap I guess, yeah. <laughs> and the others are waiting for her at the other side. Um, and it's just, it's it's like, it's quite a drop down to the, the ravine hmm. below. Oh, it sounds scary, like, yeah. Oh. Um, so, of course, when she's halfway across, she can feel a rumble. <gasps> the, tr- the tracks start to vibrate. Fuck. 
and she starts going faster and she slips and falls to her knees and then she oh, gets God. up and she can see that the others look totally terrified, which makes it worse. And even Bruce looks really scared. Fucking hell. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, because she does think as she's crossing that like Bruce had sworn there wasn't supposed to be a freight train for hours. But then she thinks, but Bruce wanted her out of the club. And it's like, yeah, but do you really think he's trying to kill you? I mean, I don't <laughs> Kind of looks like he is trying to kill you, Jessica. <laughs> Though in fairness, he does look terrified when he sees the train coming. So possibly he uh, he genuinely didn't know. Um, or, or he yeah. did know. And then I reality know, hit him and he was like, oh shit, I should oh, not have done this. I'm about to murder this girl. <laughs> so the train is now on the bridge behind <laughs> her. And so she has to start running. And eventually she jumps off um, when she's five foot, you know, when there's just a five foot drop. Um, to the ravine mm. and the train zooms past her like she can see the terrified train conductor staring out the window Jesus. having seen her so she realises that this is fucking nuts and she has to quit the stupid club and the others are raving about how brave she is but she doesn't care like she's really reality is starting to hit that's the thing yeah she kind of realises that like maybe two weeks ago she would have felt like a rush of victory at uh, all the praise they're throwing at her but now she's actually just disgusted by the whole thing and yeah, yeah has realised like yeah this is insane and ridiculous hmm. so uh, back at the Castell Wakefield Liz takes a call from Sam uh, just before Jessica arrives home looking basically like a ghost and um, she uh, she says she's fine but she is going to quit the club and Liz is relieved hmm. yeah. and Jessica can't believe she risked her life for this stupid, you know, this gang of fools, basically. <laughs> yeah. But then later, when she sort of calmed down a bit, she decides she will quit, but not until she's done one last thing. <laughs> yeah, not, not until she gets even with Bruce. Mm. So that uh, it's the next meeting night. She skips it. She skips it, saying that she has to work on a school project. But um, she's hatching her plan, and she's noticed that um, there are other. You know, the others are playing pranks around school. So you know, Club X are are still. They haven't been frightened off by the yeah. near the dicing with death. <laughs> yeah. So she knows that on Thursday there's going to be a special assembly to say goodbye to the visiting teachers. And she decides that's going to be the perfect place for a prank. And, <laughs> and she bumps into Bruce and he says, like, will she be there at the Club X meeting that night? Is her project finished? And she says, all done. Now it's time to have fun. Great, says Bruce. See you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you can do it. I believe in you. Time to have <laughs> She repeated in a low voice as Bruce walked away. Oh my god. Oh, I'm actually being sick with laughing. I gotta deal with all this like for yes. <laughs> she really she's rubbing her hands together and she says it's like just his retreating leather back leather jacket back as he walks away. Time to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, it's all every time, every time it makes me uh, laugh. It's it's one of just, those things that literally not a single person in the history of the world has ever done in real life. But uh, oh I like god. I like that they they do these sort of mini soliloquies. So good. <laughs> what was that, Jessica? Nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well when she arrives at bruce's house last that night the gang is all there already and she comes in and says oh bruce there's a crack in your windshield and all the losers rush out which gives jessica an opportunity to investigate the wheel of misfortune <gasps> yeah so she uh she scurries over and uh picks she kind of pries open the uh the bit of cardboard uh with her name on it <gasps> only to find a fucking magnet underneath it a magnet yeah so uh she's uh it's it's been proven he was rigging the wheel so she changes the magnet to uh to go under bruce's name on the wheel of misfortune just before the boys return and jessica's like oh sorry there isn't a crack oh it must be just a trick of the setting sun <laughs> and she says she's got a great idea for a dare and uh, Bruce is like, oh, well, maybe you'll have to do it yourself. Ha 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 ha, because your name just <laughs> keeps coming up. <laughs> but uh, to his shock, it is, as one of the others says, the Brewster who is oh the chosen one. And like, who, no one has ever called him the Brewster <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> they have not, but I hope they continue to. The Brewster, and it's even like B R E W S T E R. The Brewster. It's like I don't know how else you'd spell it, but like it's just so funny. Even seeing it written down, it's like, oh, this is new. <laughs> it's like Jim has said something good. You've earned your place in Club X, Jim. Whoever the fuck you are. I mean, I maybe he's done something terrible. His name is vaguely familiar. It's but... familiar too, yeah. But I, yeah, Jim Sturbridge again. Cannot remember no. who that guy is, but look. I mean, odds are he's no prize based True. on the other Club X members. Yeah. <laughs> Our most hated characters and Bruce. Uh, and I guess we were neutral about Tad. You didn't, you didn't even remember. True, yeah. Movies. Don't really know anything about that guy. <laughs> well, Bruce is really shocked when his name comes up and Jessica is loving his discomfort because, of course, he can't explain why he's surprised without revealing that he's been rigging the board the whole time and they will not mm. be pleased if they knew about that. Mm. So Jessica gives him his dare. And for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so she explains that there's this big assembly uh, the following day. Bruce is like, yeah, OK, I'm listening. So she thinks it would be a real kick if you took a radio to school, hooked it up to the PA system to play KZZP <laughs> during oh, the yeah. assembly. <laughs> and apparently KZZP is the hardest hard rock radio station in the valley. Parents were always trying to organise boycotts of yeah. this st- and Mr. Cooper was well known to have a vendetta against it. Students were forbidden to play KZZP anywhere on school grounds. Where is, where the, well, sorry, where is that book? I, I need to see the KZZP parent boycott uh, <laughs> scandalised Alice Lovejoy or Helen Lovejoy uh, of it all. I just, I love it. <laughs> And the Sweet Valley Rockers, whoever they are, coming out. Where are they? They're all in Kelly's, I guess. Oh, yeah, shit, that's true. Well, uh, yeah, that's his challenge. And uh, Jessica hopes he'll get caught, but thinks that whether he fails, he just backs down and 
fails to do it. It sounds like a pretty fucking easy thing to do. So I don't know why she's so convinced she's given him like the toughest challenge of all. Like he literally almost murdered her with a train and her revenge is <laughs> play a radio station. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she, but somehow she thinks that whether he gets caught or he backs down because it doesn't cause her right, he'll get away with it. She's going to announce that she's quitting the club because it's a bunch of losers. And uh, she knows Liz will be pissed off for spoiling the teacher's assembly. She doesn't care. Mm. So the next day, the twins arrive at school. Jessica has insisted on playing KZZP in the, um, in the Jeep. And when Liz is like, why are you playing this shit? Jessica says... I like this song, smiling mysteriously. <laughs> so good. Sub- subtle as a brick, as oh, ever. Love it. So she's still wearing her jacket, I guess. And Liz is like, have you not quit yet? And she's like, oh, I'm quitting after today. I'm getting back at Bruce in a big way. No, you're not. <laughs> really not. So Liz obviously smells a rat and is like, please don't tell me you're going to do anything today. This is the last day of the delegation's visit. Like, do not ruin it. And Jessica's like, ha ha ha, what are you going to do? Tell on me? And Liz is like, no, but I'm not going to just say it's okay if you spoil it. And Jessica says, of course you will, Liz. You always forgive me. And Liz just rolls her eyes and thinks sometimes Jessica could be the most infuriating, maddening person. But I do always forgive her, she told herself ruefully. You should be feeling a lot more rue, Liz. Because <laughs> you do always forgive her. I know I kind of thought that maybe we were building up to something here where we were going to end with like Liz properly freezing her out or something but like they kind of made it sound like there was going to be more to this I felt like no Liz just doormat as ever as ever yeah so Jessica hurries off and uh, as Liz goes into the school, the secretary says that Mr. Cooper is looking for her and uh, Chrome Dome has news for her yeah, apparently he wants uh, her to be the one to introduce the teachers at this assembly. Uh, he says, you know, everyone's seen them around campus and lots of the students have met them, but I want formal, individual introductions to wrap things up. It's like, how is a formal introduction the way to end things? That's what you're <laughs> supposed to start, surely. Like, this is just all arse ways. Um, <sighs> fucking Cooper, what is he? How does he even run this school? But oh. like, anyway, he basically wants Liz to do the speech for this yes. assembly. It's like, well, I can't be fucked with it, so you do it, Liz. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, Liz is is honoured to do this, but she does worry about what the hell Jessica has planned because, you know, she knows something's up. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Jessica, for reasons best known to herself, is is again, uh, is, you know, expresses her conviction that Bruce is either going to get caught or he's going to chicken out. Why does she think this? And... She sits next to Liz and the assembly begins and Liz reveals her role and suddenly Jessica's horrified. Yeah, when she realises that, uh, yeah, that Liz is, is quite a big part of this assembly. Um, she kind of, Liz kind of then sees Jess's expression and she's like, why? What, uh, what, what's going on? Nothing unexpected is going to happen, is it? Uh, and suddenly Jessica gets a big attack of conscience and uh, realises that if Bruce does go through with this, uh, it could very easily happen while Liz is on stage uh, and realises yes. that her getting her revenge on Bruce could also mean humiliating her sister in front of the whole school. Oh, and now it strikes you, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, yeah, because um, she she thinks that in the early days of the club, she didn't care that their pranks made Sweet Valley High look like a chaotic place. Mm-hmm. And now she does. 
So, I mean, it's uh, why is this only hitting you now, you absolute idiot? Because you chose <laughs> to do this. <laughs> I know. So she says she needs to go to the loo and she hurries out, pushing through the crowd because she has to stop Bruce before he pulls off the scheme. And then she thinks she knew deep down that he would pull it off. His arrogant pride would never let him back down. Yes, that's entirely in character. Why were you so convinced that he would back down like <laughs> half an hour ago? It's so true. Like, that made no sense. <laughs> Well, she finally manages to like fight her way through the hordes of uh, assembly attendees, makes it to the corridor, runs towards the office. But then <laughs> she skids around a corner and runs smack into Mr. Collins. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> he's back for one more round. <laughs> he's back and he's acting like a proper teacher because he's like... You I'm glad thinking, someone is. Yeah, I mean, for, for once. He says, you weren't thinking about putting up another flag or pulling the fire alarm, were you? Nobody's been caught, but you're not being very discreet. Those jackets make it very easy to see who's in the group. And then he basically frog marches her back into the assembly. Oh my God, so good, yeah. <laughs> like, he takes her arm and is like, you're coming with me. And yeah. <laughs> she takes a seat near the back and she thinks she's going to sneak out. Then Mr. Collins sits next to her and says, not thinking of going anywhere, are you? So uh, he's on the case. But <laughs> up on the stage, Cromdell was making his introduction to Liz. And she's greeted with delight by her fellow students. <laughs> of course, as always. That's it. Like, there's like, yeah, uh, she gets up on stage. It's like, hello, Elizabeth said into the microphone, giving the student body a friendly smile. Hi, Liz, a few people shouted <laughs> out. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. In fairness. Oh, my God. <laughs> we love her. <laughs> Let's just have Liz talk to us for a whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she starts her introduction. That, like, her speech is actually kind of charming. Like, she's talking about, you know, oh, teachers, I know they'd have lots of questions. Uh, but um, she's only gets a few lines out before it happens. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> there's a crash of drums and a thundering bass and the sound of heavy metal music comes blaring through the loudspeakers. Uh, so Jessica's heart sinks and she's like, oh, fuck it anyway. Uh, Mr. Cooper then uh, yells, this is the last straw. And uh, he uh, yeah, he passes Jessica's seat and she heard him add, this is unsupportable. <laughs> so he, um, oh yeah, Mr. Collins then eyeballs Jessica again and he's like, don't even think of going anywhere, Jessica. So obviously Cooper <laughs> is on the way to see what's going on here or who's responsible for this. So uh, is there like a, yeah, there's a, is it his office he has to go to? Yeah, that's where the... Yeah, where the sort of PA system <clears throat> is. PA, yeah. And uh, Jessica is like she she does follow. Um, everybody's like streaming out of the yeah. of the auditorium, and Jessica goes after them, and she thinks, oh well, you know, I had an alibi, so maybe there'll be nothing to tie Bruce to, you know, tie this to me. Mm. And she turns a corner to see being to see Bruce a loudly protesting Bruce being dragged out of the office by his leather jacket oh my god amazing <laughs> it's like it's times like this where I really picture Chrome Dome as like the principal from um, like Back to the Future yes, Mr. Strickland that, like very Mr. Strickland energy here <laughs> Just manhandling a student out of his office. So Jessica knows this is the end of Club X, but she's afraid because she knows Bruce isn't going to go down without a fight. And uh, unlike Liz, who just goes, thanks a lot, Jessica, and marches <sighs> off. 
And yeah. later, Jessica like skulks home. She's avoided coming home for ages. Finally, she she does and tells Liz that she tried to stop Bruce. And Liz is rightly, yeah, well, fat lot of good that did. Mm. And Jessica wails, it's not my fault. And Liz says, how could you say that? It was your idea. <laughs> yeah and like Liz does give her some shit like she's like you know how could you be so selfish this whole thing it meant so much to Mr. Cooper this assembly and to the teachers and to me like why did this mean anything to you this whole fucking thing was so stupid but anyway uh, uh, yeah she was like look but naturally you didn't even think about anybody else which fair uh, and uh, yeah she again like Jess just kind of turns on the waterworks and she's like oh you must hate me now and again I kind of thought this was going to go somewhere because Liz is yes. like oh here comes the pity act and yes. it sounds like Liz is finally kind of getting sick of her shit and is actually just going to kind of you know eventually just have had it with Jessica for a while but again she wears her down and you know you, next thing you know Liz is letting out a short rueful laugh again more rue <gasps> is needed uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah they they make up and it's all fine in the end <sighs> Yeah, she says, I don't hate you, Jessica, but sometimes I really think I could kill you. Do it! Do it! (laughs) (laughs) Well, but she doesn't stay hold and Liz forgives her. Yeah, as ever. Yeah. And I really, just the way they were kind of framing Liz with this and just earlier on as well, it just seemed like maybe they were going to have her just be like, do you know what? I've actually just, I'm sick of you and I don't even want to look at you and actually end with them not having resolved it, which would have been interesting. But no, it's it's the usual. Of course it is. Well, Jessica arrives the next day and is uh, at school and is summoned to the office. And as she goes there, she sees, she passes Bruce's homeroom and she sees him slouched in his seat at the back of the room, looking as grouchy as a baby are woken up from winter hibernation. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So she arrives in Chrome Dome's office and all the other Club X guys are there and Chrome Dome lists all their crimes, some of which are actual crimes, so it is quite bad. Yeah. yeah. It, it turns out Bruce turned traitor. Oh my God. Bruce just like, yeah, flopped immediately, turned everyone in that guy. <laughs> just the worst, my God. Uh, but yeah, as ever, like, I don't know why any of them were surprised because Bruce was only ever going to look out for himself at of the end course. of the day. And uh, yeah, he he just, yeah, handed over all the names. I mean, not that he even needed to. They were all walking around wearing the fucking leather jacket. <laughs> True. But, yeah, he, he confirmed all of Cooper's suspicions anyway. He did. And so Bruce has got two weeks detention and the rest of them only have one week's detention, which is not that much, considering he's just, you know, Chrome Dome has just listed their multiple misdemeanors. Yeah, that's true. You think suspension, surely, for some of that stuff, like, but there you go. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, he's going to tell their parents, so Jessica's not going to be able to hide it from them, so she knows she's in the shit. And uh, they leave and all the others give out about Bruce but Jessica realises she can't totally blame him because she chose to stay and that is true she did she did in fairness yeah so of course Ned and Alice are not pleased so there's going to be no phone no car no seeing friends and Jessica's like but Sam's coming home today and they're like well should have thought of that before you joined a criminal gang effectively <laughs> essentially yes <laughs> and somehow Liz is sympathetic why? Oh, I just don't know. Uh, yeah, so somehow, well, because she's a doormat, uh, Jess manages to talk Liz into pulling off a last minute twin switch. I actually could not believe this. Um, she's like, she's been a sap before. Has she ever been such a sap as this? I genuinely do not know. So, uh, yeah. 
Jessica dons some barrettes, pretends to be Liz, and heads to the Dairy Burger, where she has a joyous reunion with Sam, and uh, tells them all. And not a consequence to be had, apart from a week of um, no phone calls after school. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 anything. And yeah, actually, they do specify that she can't have friends over because I feel like she's been grounded before. And we were like, but your friends came over. That How does that count as being grounded? Yeah. <laughs> or it just didn't seem like it. But uh, anyway, clearly Ned and Alice have uh, tightened up the reins a little bit in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the second time she's got detention in about a month based on the, you know, the book timeline. True, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so happily ever after for, for now, for the two mm. of them. Uh, I guess they've got about seven books left. Ooh, yeah. Poor Sam. His time is running out for sure. It really is. Sorry, Sam. So uh, later she she tells Liz, uh, you know, how great it all was. And they both admit that they called Project Youth during this troubling time. And when Liz mentions her piece, Jessica says, now this is a case of somebody being shoehorned in, that she should talk to Denise Hadley because Amy has been trying to persuade her to join up um, to Project Youth. And Liz reminds Jessica that she already wrote about Project Youth. Uh, mm-hmm. So why are you going back to do it again? And uh. Jessica <laughs> says that she's sure there's great stories to be revealed about working there. And she's got quite the imagination. Oh, God. Yeah, she <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's like, I'd love to hear any good gossip you managed to get. It's like, surely all this is completely the antithesis of the whole point of Project Youth. But anyway, she reckons uh, it'll be a great source for uh, for a bit of scandal. She's like, I bet people actually fall in love over the phone. You know, girl in distress called Big Strong Boy who helps set her straight. And she's eternally grateful. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, Liz dismisses this, saying, falling in love over the phone? Who ever heard of something so unlikely? Jessica grins and says, or so romantic. Ooh. Sadly, she doesn't go, or so romantic. <laughs> now that's a fucking finisher. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Jessica? Nothing. <laughs> but that is the end of the book. Oh my god. <laughs> that was Jessica against Bruce. Oh, oh, that was so good. It really was. And does it have any stats and outputs? Oh, well, hang on. I'll read us out for uh, for the oh, next one. Uh, Sorry. Because for, I know, I, you know what? Um, I, I should have skipped it. We don't care about this book that's coming, but we're going to have to do no, it. No, we've uh, got to keep <laughs> six rules. Will the teen hotline lead to love for someone at Sweet Valley High? Find what? out in Sweet Valley High 87, my best friend's boyfriend. Oh, if I must, I suppose. It, yeah, I only because we have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I think God. it's going to be a bit of a filler, folks. Um, a little bit, yeah. We've been on such a good streak, I suppose we need time to breathe <laughs> for one of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now, in fairness, for such a good book, we were pretty light on the stats. Uh, <gasps> the Blue Green Eyes only got one mention. Um, Is that the one the at the blonde- beginning? That was and the one at the beginning, yeah, in the initial twin description. Uh, um, but the blondness got four, which isn't too bad, to be fair. Okay. Uh, yeah, but then, quite good. But then, honestly, the outfit, like, there were no outfits. Like, oh. whether the outfits, it was pretty much, it was, you know, it was the leather jackets was the only thing. And uh, we covered them pretty thoroughly <laughs> with the cover <laughs> description. And the, uh, as, as we discovered, embroidered uh, white X on the back. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it then for, for interesting clothing choices. Uh, but, you know, 
They're pretty great jackets, though, to be fair. So I can't even be that mad, you know? Yeah, that is fair enough. Well, listeners, what did you think? Did you enjoy Jessica Against Bruce as much as we did? Do you have a habit of muttering sort of (laughs) dramatic (laughs) incriminating things under your breath? (laughs) In public at all times. We uh, love hearing from you. You can find us on Twitter at svhpodcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at svhpodcast. And we heard from a lot of you uh, <laughs> who had all caught spring fever the last time. It, I mean, the spring fever is rampant, clearly. <laughs> Herman, my pills! <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Poor Shirley is spinning in her grave that she's surely oh, in by now. <laughs> she probably is, but fair enough. Sorry, sorry Aunt Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, we've killed you off. <laughs> um, yes, a lot of thoughts about the um, about the general depiction of rural life. Um, the As Pippi Ann Shirley said, as a descendant of ranchers and farmers, I'm very unclear on how Annie Sue's family farm survives. One cow, one. My cousin Bruce alone is almost a hundred dairy cows who spend their nights in a barn equipped with an automatic poop scooper, automatic milking machine, and her team of hardworking barn cats. And that farm is small. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, I do not know what the economy is like in Walkersville, but <laughs> it is, uh, it's, it's clearly able to support very, very small farms. There you go. <laughs> small businesses. I, uh, I did enjoy Tinfoil Tango's comment, which was, Liz, but how did you manage to control that stallion by yourself? Jess, I got real <laughs> strong hands from ten- playing Tennessee. <laughs> oh, my oh, my Lord. Uh, Ernest and Shallow said that she had a pen pal from Canvas. Uh-huh. And... Um, she uh, she asked her a lot of questions about going to the beach and if I knew celebrities. I was from nor- rural Northern California, so I had little experience with either. I miss pen pals. Well, Ernest oh. and Chalo, if you would like pen pals, Rachel Syme, who is a great journalist with The New Yorker, every so often um, matches people for pen pals in a wonderful scheme called Penpalooza. And uh, yeah, I have got some great pan pals through that scheme. Uh, one of them, Erin, runs a great podcast called Learning the Tropes about romance novels, which I strongly recommend you listen to, listeners, if you are a fan of romance. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's possible to get a pen pal in this modern age. And oh. it is an absolute delight. Uh, but on a non-pen pal topic, Impure Halo said, of course Jessica was the perfect person to ride the stallion. She's the reincarnation of Jessamine after all. Oh my God, I can't believe we didn't think of that. And I think a few people actually pointed that out and it was just like, as soon as he said it, I was just like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> we should have expected no less from a descendant of the famed Jessamine. <laughs> Um, well, we had a few thoughts from people from the Midwest, including Hallo Ali, uh, who said, I'm calling bullshit on Annie Sue's abject rudeness because middle class white West Midwesterners value politeness over literally everything. Jessica could have hit Annie Sue with a car and she'd still have asked her what colleges she'd applied to. <laughs> and then said, Annie Sue, only child, and the deranged guy who pretended to be his own twin brother were made for each other. Uh, yes agree fully (laughs) a great point (laughs) 
Though OGW Nostalgia disagrees about the politeness and says, she, I grew up with a fuckton of, of rude AF mean girls in Wichita. Though yeah. Annie Sue is the most believable part of this book to me. Hmm. hmm. Conflicting reports <laughs> about the girls of Kansas. <laughs> well, speaking of Kansas, we got an absolutely amazing mail from uh, Abby Chandler, who, as she says, dragooned her husband <laughs> into listening to this episode to find out what someone who was a teenager in Kansas in the early 90s thought of the book's portrayal of Kansas. Oh, my God. Here's Kim. <laughs> I think this has to be shared, everybody, because it is so funny. It's so good. <laughs> First of all, there is no Walkersville, Kansas. So I could take that, Jim, because it was named after their relatives. True, yes. But then, <laughs> then it's fucked up. There's something wrong with two teenagers who are excited about spending 11 days in Kansas. I don't want to spend 11 days in Kansas when I'm from there. <laughs> what fucking fairy tales are you reading? No fairy tale I've ever read included a wasteland of wheat and cows. Oh my God. Get them, Jim. Because <laughs> I'd say that, uh, she, uh, that the bluff is a gently rising ridge line, by the way, usually not always by a river and definitely not in a park with a prairie. Hmm. Then going to the a square dance in the 90s would have been social death. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Sue. Nobody is named Annie Sue in the early 90s. Then, what the fuck kind of farm is this? Milking in the middle of the day, milking by hand, feeding pigs by hand. Small family farms were long gone from Kansas by that time. Also, what woods? Kansas <laughs> in the 90s was not the Eastern Bloc. Oh my God. There were so many exclamation marks and question yeah. marks at the end of all of those. It was just, it was an absolute banger of an email. And we cannot thank you enough, Abby, for <laughs> sending us Jim's thoughts. <laughs> Oh, and Julia Carey, my namesake, uh, is also from Kansas. And this book made her very mad as a kid. She has never worn gigab or been to a square dance. But she did say she did get excited when the fair came to town because Western Kansas can be pretty boring. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that is absolutely fair because all of us have enjoyed a fairground ride in our teens. And uh, yeah, they're always fun, whatever age True. We also heard from Maura Birds, who fed a photo of Shirley and Herman <laughs> to characters from the 40s and 50s called Man, Pa, Kettle. And they look like quite the, the rural duo. Oh my goodness, that was great. <laughs> so they were popular in the 40s and 50s, which is about when this weirdo brigadoon down that Jessica and Elizabeth are visiting seems to have fallen through the time loop. <laughs> And we also heard from listener Megan Morris and she's had some health issues this year and she's been listening to us during this time and we're so glad that uh, we have brought you some entertainment, um, Megan, and we hope that you are still enjoying the show mm. and we are wishing you all the very best in true Sweet Valley style, but we really are uh, rooting for you and uh, yeah, um, thank you very much for getting in touch and also thank you to um to another listener who who got in touch on uh on instagram to um to say uh it's it's maria um matheson duneva and she is from ukraine and she says that uh she has been listening to us over the last month and we are very glad that we have brought you um some cheer Mm. maria and um We've solidarity with you and all our Ukrainian listeners, whether you're wherever you are in the world, mm. we are thinking of you. And if we can bring you even a moment's distraction, 
and entertainment during this extremely grim time, then we are very proud to do so. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, we are thinking of you all. And um, yeah, if you if you have anything to say to us listeners, you know where we are. We really love hearing from you and we really appreciate every single one of you. And if you would like to listen to us even more often than you already do... <laughs> You we just can can't get enough of all this cackling. I mean, how could yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, surely what everybody wants to pay for is even more of us putting <laughs> out stupid voices to <laughs> to try and whisper things and then cracking up. Yeah. Uh, well, if that sounds like a bargain to you, listeners, you can sign up to Headstuff Plus. Yeah, if you head over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up to support the show and all this ridiculousness that we do here. Um, So you can sign up for as little as five euros a month. And uh, yeah, when you do so, you get access to our bonus content uh, and the bonus content for all the other shows on the network too. So uh, as I'm sure you're aware by now, our bonus content is Pi Beta Alpha, where we get stuck into uh, the Sweet Valley High TV show. Oh, we certainly do. Last (laughs) week, Todd, for no reason through a plate of chips all over the dairy burger it was stunning (laughs) well todd has joined a gang listeners ridiculous gang you ever did see there are goons oh my god uh just it it was so good i'm still not over the chip throwing to be honest it was just it was so unprovoked which was just made it all the funnier to be honest it was magnificent and uh yet todd's still in the gang it didn't get resolved in one Mm. episode so yeah we've we've a cliffhanger to deal with and everything (laughs) (laughs) todd literally drove off with some goons Um, so if that sounds tempting to you listeners you can sign up for as little as five euro a month and uh, yeah you'll get our fortnightly uh, Pi Beat Alpha series as well as access to all the other podcasts in the Headstuff stable so uh, yeah Pi Beat Alpha sisters um, we will see you in, um, in in one week when we find out what happens when Liz and Winston <laughs> try to save Todd from the terrifying gang. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to top the fact that the last episode was called Dark Side of the Moon Beach. Oh, it was such a good title. Oh, my God. Yes, that was just, that's, that's the best writing we've had on the show so far. <laughs> but it's going to have a gang in it, so that's pretty good. And uh, and in here on the main feed, we will see you all in two weeks when we find out what happens when a well-loved character, Denise Denise Hadley, falls for my best friend's boyfriend. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 
Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.